Welcome to the QI Chatroom. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. This podcast is brought to you by Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short. We're a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms since late 2018 and transitioned to the podcast format in the fall of 2019 to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This episode features Katherine Couch, who's the founder and CEO of Series Community Project, a nonprofit working to foster health by connecting people to one another and to a healthier food system. Series provides 150,000 organic, medically tailored meals annually to primarily low-income people struggling because of a health challenge. Youth volunteers grow food and prepare the meals as part of a youth development, culinary, and food system education program. Series has trained a dozen communities across the United States and in Denmark to replicate their model, and the organization also supports eight affiliate programs. Couch is the 2020 chair for the California Food is Medicine Coalition, a six-agency collaboration conducting the first statewide medically tailored meal pilot for Medi-Cal members. Series is also one of four agencies currently conducting large-scale randomized control trial for medically tailored meals at Kaiser Permanente. Couch is an advisor to the Aspen Institute's Food and Society Initiative, contributed to the Rockefeller Foundation's 2020 report, Rest the Table, sits on the leadership team for Hearts of Sonoma County, a collaborative working to reduce heart attacks and strokes, and participates in Marin Food Policy Council, California Food and Farming Network, and the Food Lab at Google. Let's listen to our conversation with Catherine. To kick us off, could you give us kind of an overview of the programs that Series offers? Yeah, so our, our primarily, you know, our primary program that I think is of interest to this group is um, our Healing Meals, Medically Tailored Meals program. So we provide meals to people in Sonoma and Marin County who are struggling because of a health challenge. Um, and the program provides up to 24 weeks of meals. We always try to support everyone in the family, not just the patient. Um, and uh, there's a whole range of diagnoses that we, that we serve. Um, you know, cancer was a primary one for many, many years. That's starting to shift now. Um, and we're serving, we, it's, you know, if you look at our diagnosis list, it's, you know, 40 or 50 different things, but, but much more um, now cardiovascular disease, um, diabetes, COPD. Um, we've certainly served people with COVID this year. Um, and cancer is, is about a third of what we serve at this point. But really any health condition um, that is limiting somebody's ability to get the quality of nutrition that they need in order to recover um, and, and avoid um, hospitalization and kind of emergency department visits. 
And then the other thing I'd say is we do 100% um, organic food. Um, we're the only medically tailored meal provider, certainly in the state and other than our affiliates probably in the country committed to 100% organic. And, and that's because we have this holistic approach about community health and well-being, right? We understand that people are healthy within a family, within a community, within a food system, within an environment. And, and we have to take um, account of all of that in, in the work that we're doing as an organization. We also, uh, in a normal year, of course, this is not a normal year, do quite a bit of community nutrition education work. Um, we provide nutrition education programming at West County Health Center and Soma Valley Health Center. Um, and we've had about four or five years now of contracts with Sonoma County Public Library System. And last year provided 30, 33, um, I think, classes at, at different libraries for children, teens, and adults. So a lot of nutrition education. And then finally, we have a youth development program where we bring about, um, in a, again, in a normal year, 450 teens from about 60 different schools into two organic gardens here in Sonoma County and our three commercial kitchen sites where um, they serve as volunteers in the program and learn about cooking, eating, cooking, growing, and eating healthy food. So that's kind of the overview of what we do. That's great. You mentioned medically tailored meals and you kind of went into a bit about what those are. Maybe if you could expand a little bit on that and just why are they so important? Yeah, so we, um, we are unique in that we are really tailoring meals to the diagnoses of our patients. The bottom line is that in any illness, um, nutrition is, is critically important. This, the more, um, more well-nourished a, a patient is, the more likely they are to resist infection, to be able to you know, muster the energy to, to deal with the, the illness that they have. But if you're looking at uh, congestive heart failure, for example, or, or diabetes or chronic kidney disease, the, the quality of the nutrition is really critically important. It, you, either, what you eat will either make your condition work worse or make it better. And so our entire menu plan um, is, is based on the DASH diet. Um, so everything that we do, our, we have an eight week menu rotation is all based on the DASH diet. And then we tailor meals um, beyond that for diabetes and chronic kidney disease, which are really the two kind of most nutritionally complex uh, pieces of the puzzle. And that entire menu plan is overseen by a registered dietitian. Mo we are moving more and more now to a medical referral form. And many of you who work with us have, have used that. Um, and so that asks uh, both about a patient's primary diagnosis, but also any secondary diagnoses that we have. And, in our work with, with Kaiser and some of the other studies, we're actually getting patients um, labs um, so that our RDN can really look at the situation for that patient and make sure that the nutrition that we're providing is really tailored um, to their needs. And so it's basically a recognition that um, food, you know, food is medicine, but food can also be poison. That's a little bit overstating it, but the wrong food for the wrong patient can literally end them up in the emergency department. And so it's taking that next level. And we also do a medical nutrition therapy with patients. So we will at intake um, determine whether a patient really needs to talk with our RDN. Um, and then we will set up visits with the RDN to make sure they understand what they're getting, why they're getting it and, and why it's really important for them. Thanks, Catherine. So you mentioned congestive heart failure as one of the conditions that you work with. Could you tell us a bit about the project that you're doing around congestive heart failure? Uh, so like where it's happening, perhaps what you're seeing so far, who's eligible and, and how 
uh, health centers can refer patients to the pilot. Yeah, this is a, a, a project that um, came out of a conversation that I started with Senator Mike McGuire back at the end of 2016. And we were able to pull together a coalition of medically tailored meal providers across the state and convince the legislature in 2017 to allocate $6 million for the first in the country statewide pilot of medically tailored nutrition um, in the Medi-Cal system. And so the state um, Department of Healthcare Services selected congestive heart failure as the diagnosis that they wanted to focus on. Um, that is primarily because CHF uh, tends to have the highest 30 and 90 day readmission rates. Um, and that's clearly a big driver of healthcare costs. So we started that pilot in early 2018 um, and it will continue through the end of next year. Um, patients are getting 21 meals a week for 12 weeks, along with three or four uh, visits with a uh, registered dietitian nutritionist. And we have a whole curriculum that we've developed um, that they go over with the patients. And um, it, the, the, the eligibility is a little complicated. They have to be, they have to have CHF. They have to have had, uh, been on Medi-Cal continuously for at least 12 months. And they have to have had one primary or specialty visit in the previous 12 months and at least one hospitalization or emergency department visit in the last 12 months. But they don't have to be coming out of the hospital at the time they're referred. So they could be a patient um, in your health center who meets those criteria, who's really struggling um, and needing food support. And we've been working quite closely with Beth at Santa Rosa Community Health around identifying patients in their population that meet those eligibility requirements and having them come to us. This is a, a really important study um, at DHCS and they have hired a national evaluation firm called Mathematica that will be doing a really detailed analysis of the results um, directly in the Medi-Cal claims database once the study's done. So unfortunately that means we won't have actual results probably till the end of 2022. Um, it's amazing to think it will be six years from when I started that conversation to when we actually get results. Um, but they've started to do some qualitative evaluation already. And we have self-report data that we've been tracking showing really dramatically uh, dramatic reductions in that 30-day readmission rate um, piece of the puzzle. And so we're hoping that will get confirmed um, when they actually do, do the study. I, I will point out that um, Central California Alliance for Health, which is a health plan down in the Santa Cruz and Monterey area, they, um, they built off what we had designed with the state and did a two-year pilot at discharge for Medi-Cal members with um, diabetes, COPD, uh, and I think congestive heart failure. They may, may have been one other diagnosis. And they have now um, done an analysis of that, and their results were so positive that they've now made that a permanent benefit in their plan for all Medi-Cal members. Um, and what they found was um, that the intervention returned $3.60 for every dollar they spent on the food intervention. Um, so we're super excited about that. And we're, we're planning to do a webinar with the local area health plans early next year to talk about that, that result, as well as a number of other pilots that we're involved with statewide. So we'll follow up um, with the information, but, but you know, and, there, and I would just say, there are not that many congestive heart failure patients in the Sonoma County population. Um, and we, we can now serve these patients in Marin too, but there's just not a lot of them that meet the eligibility requirements. So if you have patients that do, we definitely want to get them into the intervention and um, we're being re reimbursed by the state for this. We have, and we have a lot of money 
um, still available for uh, this intervention for patients. And Catherine, is there a plan for sharing those results? Yes. I'm going to just jump ahead a little bit, Kelly, and talk about the CAL-AIM, the ILOS benefit, because I think this is relevant for this part of the conversation. As most of you know, this the state is applying every five years for a waiver to Center for Medicaid Services to do innovative projects in California. And for the last five years, that's focused on um, whole person care pilots, home health pilots, and some other things. They are getting ready now to submit the new five-year waiver, and um, it would have gone in um, mid-year this year, but they delayed it for a year because of, of COVID. And there are two significant things happening in that waiver for next year. Um, all this will go into effect starting in January 2022. One is that the um, kind of the model of, of whole person care will become the standard for um, all Medicaid members across California who are in the top 5% of high utilizers. So all of them will move into a program called enhanced care management. The other thing that's happening in that waiver is the state has designed a whole set of benefits which are called in lieu of service benefits. It's a, it's a really weird term, but it essentially means we're going to allow the plan to offer this benefit because it will be in lieu of having to spend costs on something else. And in that whole list of in lieu of service benefits that are being proposed, we were able to work with DHCS to define a meal benefit. So starting in 2022, the plans will be able to offer home delivered meals at discharge for any Medicaid member that's deemed to need them and medically tailored meals for eight different diagnoses in kind of whatever situation the plan wants to offer them. So it's the first time there's been kind of a structural uh, uh, building, building into the structure of the Medicaid system in California, a meal benefit. Now, that being said, the plans don't have to offer that benefit, right? It, it's available to them if they want it. So we, at, I'm saying we at the California Food and Medicine Coalition are doing a lot of work right now around understanding where the, all the local area plans, including partnership, are sitting with regard to this benefit, who is doing pilots in the area of food, who's not. Um, and then we have a whole, we're gonna be developing a whole educational strategy next year um, to really engage the plans around the value of this benefit. And we'll be sharing, we're currently doing a uh, Blue Shield uh, Promise pilot in San Diego around diabetic patients. Um, there's some work with Anthem around HIV patients the work that we're doing with Kaiser, which I can talk about in a minute. So there's, there's a lot of, of piloting happening. We wanna surface the results of all of that and, and really do some education so that the plans understand what we know about who can benefit. Um, and, and this idea that um, we're also doing a lot of education at the state around looking at meals as, a, as probably budget neutral, but, but potentially also cost savings. Like there's no reason not to do this if you can save $3.60 for every dollar you spend. Um, so we wanna make the decision easy for plans to really lean in and partner with our colleagues across the state in providing home delivered and medically tailored meals for, for different patient populations. Well, it sounds like you're collecting some good ROI information already, at least um, yeah. from the, the Santa Cruz Monterey area that you mentioned. So yeah. hopefully that and, and much more you can use as leverage. Yeah, and I'll just say there's there's uh, six or eight now published studies nationally on medically tailored meals, and every single one of them is showing somewhere between 16 and 
um, net return on investment after the cost of the intervention. So now we're digging in here in California and really looking at the Medicaid population and, um, and some more specific things. But the data is pretty consistent across the field on this. Heather, how are you recruiting or finding eligible patients? You know, we have really partnered with our CHC on this, and um, they've, they've really been helpful in getting the word out to all the community health centers around who we can serve. And we, we did that um, at the beginning of COVID. So I'll just say, previously to COVID, we defined our patient population as primarily people who were in an acute health crisis or the acute stage of a chronic condition. And that really has to do with our size and our ability to respond. Um, and if we open the doors to the entire you know, diabetes population, for example, there's just no way we would be able to say yes to everyone. Um, and, and then you know, we have a limit of 24 weeks of service. So what happened you know, with COVID, of course, is um, many of you started reaching out to our client care team. We started getting calls from people who were medically fragile, one or more multiple chronic health conditions, often living alone with no family support, and suddenly afraid to leave their homes um, because of COVID. And so our client care team basically came to me and said, we have to start saying yes to this population. So we expanded our eligibility to include people with chronic health conditions with the, the narrowing of that focus to be specifically on people without the ability to either purchase or prepare nutritionally appropriate meals and no family member to be able to help them. And um, so we, we work with our CHC to get the word out about that. Um, and, um, uh, and we have seen a, a significant increase in our referrals from the community health centers for that population. And I'll just say about half of those patients are uh, Hispanic and most of those are Spanish speaking. Um, so we're really through this window, really serving some of that very, very at-risk population in our, in our community. We have now committed to serving that population through the end of next year, and we're now doing a deep dive with our client care team to really reframe kind of how we're going to allocate our services, um, and, I, and we, will, we will continue to serve that population. So I, we, are, um, we are very interested in um, deepening our referral pathways with the, with the health centers, um, and you know, Beth and I have worked really closely together, um, and we we are looking for champions, I would say, in each of the community health centers who can really work with the providers there um, to identify patients that could really benefit from the intervention and, and have a, a kind of a direct link in. So if you're interested, um, you can let Kelly know, you can let me know after the call. Um, and I'll just say that one of the things we're looking at, because that in lieu of service benefit is coming in 2022, we're looking very strategically at how we can build some referral pathways and some, some small pilots next year. Um, we don't have any funding for these, so we're allocating existing services that are, that are paid for by our donors to do this. So one of them is um, we're working with Santa Rosa Community Health and Center for Wellbeing to um, add a meal intervention on top of um, some work that they're doing with CHWs around um, of patients with uncontrolled hypertension. And then we're also working with Santa Rosa Community Health and, um, and West County Health around um, a women, pregnant moms who are in the comprehensive perinatal services program, which is a Medi-Cal benefit as most of you know, 
Um, and we're going to, we're designing a intervention that will include four weeks of meals followed by produce prescriptions until the birth happens and then another eight weeks of meals postpartum. Um, there's a couple of studies that are happening around the country showing um, significant ability to improve birth weight and reduce preterm births through a veggie prescription alone. Um, and so we were gonna do a little work there. And then we are working with Innovative Health Solutions. Um, Solano County has some CARES Act funding um, that, is, that is left over. And um, we're gonna look at a pilot for 12 weeks of meals for seniors who screen positive for depression and have um, at least one chronic health condition. And so all of these um, different pilots are designed to, to both build referral pathways and workflows um, at the community health centers, but also begin to gather some data on the value of bringing medically tailored meals into these different populations to see, again, if we can build the case um, in partnership with Partnership Health Plan for moving forward with an ILOS benefit um, in 2022. And so we're very interested, um, you know, if, if your health centers are looking at these kinds of things, um, you know, it's not, you, you know, you can refer patients to us that, that have chronic health conditions and that you feel like really need the support of medically tailored meals, but we're also trying to be a little bit more strategic next year on looking at, at different um, priority populations and, and, and building out some potential interventions that could become fundable in 2022, if that makes sense. Thank you for that, Catherine. Uh, a couple questions. How are you able to customize meals? So it could be culturally, so if someone's Latino or Asian, or maybe someone is vegetarian or if they have a, a food allergy. Most of our menu plan is gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, we have, you know, a few items that aren't, but they all can be um, modified. And we're serving enough patients that, you know, we'll do, uh, you know, 12 servings of the, the dairy-free version of the frittata, for example. Um, we, all, we already serve, um, we, can, we can handle a lot of dietary modifications. So vegetarian, vegan, no fish, no dairy, no gluten. Um, we don't do any shellfish. Uh, we won't take people with nut allergies because we're not a nut-free uh, location. Um, so there's a few things we can't do, but we have a lot of we have a lot of dietary modifications that we manage. It, it's complicated, but we have a um, fairly sophisticated um, database system that is built in Salesforce that we use. We record every client's dietary modifications, and when our team is doing what we call the meal planner for the week, which produces the labels that go on every container and the letter that goes in the client's bag. Their dietary modifications come up and we can select um, the alternatives that they need in their menu plan. And that is what goes to the kitchens um, to manage the production for that, that shift. And then the labels and the letter for that client reflect those dietary changes. So we have a pretty sophisticated ability to manage that. And then um, for things like diabetes and chronic kidney disease, we have uh, established alternatives for, um, for meals that don't meet those requirements and um, substitutions for, especially um, with, with chronic kidney disease, you're managing potassium and phosphorus. And so there are substitutions for vegetables and, and for grains that can help uh, meals meet the requirements for that. I'll just say a little bit about um, the cultural competence piece. 
it's a really complicated one. So you've already talked, heard me talk about, you know, three or four different medical modifications we're making, plus all of the dietary modifications we're already making. And we're not that big. We're not doing, you know, a million meals a year. And so there's some limit to how many other ways we can modify the meal. So what we, we our meal plan has many Latin and Asian flavors in it, but we also try to keep the meals simple enough that people can add their own flavor profiles to them. Um, it's not perfect. We, we would love to develop a whole, you know, uh, Latino inspired menu plan, um, but we just don't have the volume right now and the capacity to manage that much um, variation within a, a weekly men menu plan that we're doing. We continue to really look at that. And um, every time I do a talk like this, we get that question. Um, I'll say we have successfully served a really broad range of immigrant populations for the last 14 years um, with, 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 you know, on a handful, the number of people who opted out because they, they couldn't find, um, you know, enough familiarity with the, with the meal. So we know that we're doing okay in this area um, and we'd love to do more. And two more questions. If you could clarify kind of the catchment area or the area that you work in. So our normal service area is Marin and Sonoma. So we serve all of Marin and Sonoma. We have two kitchens in Sonoma County and one kitchen okay. in San Rafael. Um, so that's the normal process. The Solano project is a special project that we're doing that we are getting funded for all of the meals and the delivery over to Solano. Um, so in order to serve other counties, we would need to de define a project and we would need to have funding for it. That being said, we are definitely looking at partnerships entire service area, which is you know really daunting to think about because they go all the way up to the Oregon border. Um, but our long-term plans are, are to really be a relevant partner to partnership health plan. And we know that that's gonna involve figuring out strategies for, um, for their members beyond our current service area. And that's why we were excited about the Solano project um, and, um, and we're open to talking with um, health centers in other um, counties. Um, and then we could look together at getting funding in order to, to develop something in that, in that area. Great, I think Beth wanted to make a comment. Yeah, I just wanted to join in. I'm representing Santa Rosa Community Health and you know, Catherine had mentioned that we had worked together on a number of projects and I just wanted to kind of vouch for a series and how wonderful of a partner they are. And um, it's, Catherine is super creative and co you know, comes up with amazing kind of grant ideas for how to you know, support our patients. And even just like the connections to um, once we refer over, it's, it's been really a smooth referral process where they pick up the patients and um, we're very confident that they're getting you know, the, the food um, that they need and they're very thorough if there's ever you know something that um, is like not complete in the referral they'll circle back and make sure that they understand you know all the kind of needs of the patient so that they can best serve them so it's been just a really great uh, relationship and I'm excited for some of these um, new projects that we're going to take on Thanks, Beth. And just to say, Beth has, has been an equally valuable champion within Santa Rosa Community Health, and it's allowed us to develop some referral relationships there that, um, that we had been wanting to do. So it takes both sides to make mm -hmm. it work. Um, 
And I'll just also say that we also have expanded because of COVID. Um, we are screening all patients now for food security and patients who screen po um, positive for food insecurity are receiving either double meals or meals plus a grocery bag. Um, so up to you know 15 to 16 meals a week. Um, we have a, a pretty good um, ramp down plan of, of you know, always referring patients to other services. We, this has been suspended during COVID because our client care team is so full, but normally we do an intake survey, a survey at completion of patients, and we go out um, four to six months after they've completed the service. And we have pretty, pretty good data showing um, that, that dietary changes are being maintained um, into that like six month checkup. So um, increased fruit and vegetable consumption, um, re reduced you know, fast food, processed food, sugar kind of consumption. Um, so we're really happy about that. And um, we have an impact report on our client program that if anyone's interested in, you can reach out and I can share that with you. We also do some quality of life um, changes and we're gonna start screening on the PSQ9, the depression um, scale. I really appreciate it. It's been great to talk with all of you. We're deeply, deeply committed to working with the community health centers um, and serving the patients that you guys, um, that you guys take such good care of. Um, so please do reach out to me if you want to talk in more detail about how we can partner with you um, to make a difference for your patients. And Kelly, thanks so much for having me. It was really an honor. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond, and we'll see you next time in the QI chat room.